Welcome to DealCast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this week's special episode, we're looking at the latest Intralinks deal flow predictor. It's based on data from the company's due diligence platform and highlights a number of trends in M&A. I'm joined by Ken Bisconti, who is co-head of SS&C Intralinks, to discuss the findings from the second quarter edition of the Deal Flow Predictor. Hi, Ken. Thanks for joining me today and good to speak to you again. Good to speak to you, Juliana. Thank you. So let's start with an overview of M&A activity globally. What trends have you seen during the beginning of 2023? And what should we be expecting for the second quarter of this year? And how does it, how do you anticipate it comparing to the first quarter? Mm, all, uh, all great questions, Juliana. Um, I would say, you know, early in 2023, we're continuing to see cautious optimism and, and resilience among the dealmaker community. Um, M&A volume on our, on our platform, the Interlinks platform, started in in uh, 2023 to exceed volume compared to last year and uh, nearly on par with with 2021. Um, Of course, there's a lot of competing factors in the marketplace right now. I don't think that that's a surprise to most of our investment banking and corp debt professionals. Um, What we're seeing as an organization uh, and and a platform running thousands and thousands of deals is that actually due diligence periods are are getting longer. Uh, on the platform, we're seeing an increase in the number of deals that are started, uh, but then paused and then restarted uh, as diligence periods lengthen. And, you know, this activity is uh, happening in an uncertain market that's still feeling effects from the conflict in Ukraine and supply chain issues uh, through rising interest rates intended to tamp down rising inflation to double digit declines in M&A coupled with the decline of SPACs and IPOs and, um, you know, it, it, it's a period of both uncertainty, but also this change is, is, uh, is causing uh, activity. Like even as um, companies in uh, Eastern Europe reorganize, you know, as um, uh, maybe they choose not to have business dealings with Russia as an example, uh, that creates um, spin out activity. If you think really just about the last two, two and a half years, you know, we've essentially moved from crisis to crisis and volatility has required both strategic and private equity deal makers to be very exacting in the deals that they engage in and, uh, and the diligence expended um, in, in reviewing those transactions. Um, now, on your question just about quarter to quarter activity, you know, you may recall or, or listeners may recall in, in Q1, you know, we were projecting five to ten percent increase in uh, in announced deal volume, and going into Q2, we we actually um, uh, are projecting slightly even more positive uh, results to that uh, from a from a year over year perspective. But I would have to temper that again with you know the the uncertainty that we see in the overall market gives a little bit of um, change to the way that we. Uh, interpret our DFP data. So this deal flow predictor data is 
you know, often is usually based on projected six months out activity. Deal goes into diligence, and then six months later, we tend to see, you know, the resulting announcements. Um, just given some of the uncertainty in market, you know, and even just what happened uh, in Q1 and the banking liquidity crisis, you know, when we see an increase in DFP activity in Q4, that may or may not translate into, you know, the expected announced results that we would normally in a normal market see. Um, so our expectation uh, is that we expect to see year-on-year growth uh, and, in fact, you know, close to 10%, you know, year-on-year global um, uh, increase in, in volume uh, announced. But, again, let's just temper that with some of the uncertainty that still exists in our market. Great. Thank you. And now looking at the different regions and starting off with Asia Pacific, can you talk us through what's been happening in the APAC region and, and what have been the headwinds there? Sure. Um, Asia hasn't been immune to the global challenges we're facing, uh, including inflationary pressures. And despite that, uh, Asia Pacific had a strong showing uh, in the second half of last year. You know, Q3 saw exceptionally high early stage activity. Uh, which provided solid competition to what happened in Q4. Uh, Q4 2022 volume was the the second highest that we've seen on the trailing 24-month basis uh, with with all major markets, including Hong Kong, uh, India, Japan, posting double-digit gains quarter-on-quarter. Now, in China specifically, M&A deals are struggling to emerge from a year that saw the lowest level of activity since 2014, largely the result of a strict zero-COVID policy that included a two-month lockdown in Shanghai, uh, of course, the financial capital, which damaged investor confidence. Now, we expect deal volume in China to pick up in the second half of 2023, and uh, overall, we anticipate Q2 23 announced volume in APAC to be nominally flat uh, with um, marginal potential downside risks against last quarter's volume, but with a higher resistance level to be reached uh, on a quarter-on-quarter, year-over-year compare. Thanks, Ken. So how does that differ to the EMEA region, which looks like a really mixed picture? What activity and trends are you seeing there? And will the Russia-Ukraine conflict pose further issues? Uh, well, if uh, AP was, you know, um, maybe challenged by the uh, shutdown, you know, through zero COVID, you know, what we see in EMEA, as you just mentioned, is, you know, a region that is on the front lines of the Ukraine conflict. And, now, despite the humanitarian costs rising from the conflict, uh, on a grander regional scale, dealmakers are still actively investing and expanding into MIA. And that could signal that they don't anticipate an expansion of the conflict. Um, like Asia Pacific, EMEA you know, had a, a strong front end showing in Q4 with regard to activity. Uh, October there was the highest deal volume that we saw on a um, initial uh, starting deal volume that we saw on a trailing 24-month basis, and, and November was the fifth highest uh, over the same 24-month uh, trailing basis. So those factors tell us to anticipate marginal uplift in second quarter 23 announced volume uh, quarter on quarter, 
and maybe even more material uplift in the plus 10% range um, year on year. To round out EMEA deal-making, we saw strong regional performers in France, Israel, the Netherlands, and Spain, while the UK is expected to outperform in the banking, retail, and tech sectors as companies remain focused on expanding their digital capabilities. Thank you. And looking towards the West now, North America is forecasting negative growth according to the deal flow predictor. Can you explain why that is, please? Well, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, North America has seemed to bear the brunt of downside movement in Q4 pre-announced activity. Uh, we're we're expecting Q2 23 volume to be flat against uh, Q1 volume, with even further negative movement against you know Q2 2022. Um, now. Not surprising to this audience, I'm sure the biggest headwinds we've seen in the U.S. has been the, you know, the rapid near immediate ascent from an ultra low interest rate environment to our current state, you know, coupled with inflationary price increases and up and down periods of whether that was um, to arrest or not. You know, deals are certainly still getting done. And we don't forecast a persistent negative trend in the region, but there's a, an acclimation and, and reassessment period that's being priced into M&A strategies that we believe will, uh, will eventually stabilize. In fact, there were, there were indications that it was beginning to stabilize you know, until we saw uh, the, uh, the bank liquidity issues in, in March. Now, we'll have more insight on this as, as Q2 wraps up. And, we expect rate increases to begin to temper and, and inflationary pressure will steady. And, um, and those factors should you know, lead to more inorganic engagements in the US. Thanks. And now looking at Latin America, can you tell us more about the trends in the Latin American region and what hurdles this year have impacted on the markets there? Well, uh, Latin America trended... Um, Similar to EMEA in, in terms of seeing nominal growth forecasted in, in Q4 compared to Q3 um, and more concrete positive performance on a quarter on quarter over year basis, um, we're, we're forecasting Q2 2023 volume to be flat against last quarter uh, with room for both marginally negative and positive movement. Um, generally, the, the midpoint of that movement is, is plus 1%, so relatively flat. Um, the, the region competed against some strong quarters in 2021, but the tail end of, of the year, of last year, saw a spike in volume. And as such, we're forecasting mid-range upside against you know, last, uh, uh, last year's Q2. The, um, you know, in the region, Brazilian elections sparked volatility uh, in the territory, but the region actually performed relatively well despite that. Uh, one factor we're keeping an eye on uh, is the Argentinian debt inflation crisis and how that impacts you know, overall regional performance. But we're seeing strong performance came in um, uh, countries like Colombia and Mexico, uh, while Brazil uh, is seeing weak quarter-on-quarter -quarter performance, but a much stronger activity year-on-year. -year. 
Thanks. So it feels like there are a lot of moving parts in geopolitics and the macroeconomic environment with each region facing a different set of challenges. Can we bring all of that together and can you talk through some of the possible challenges we can expect for the remainder of the year? And perhaps we can end on a high note. And is there a feeling of optimism? Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting, as you say, you know, I look at the uh, the, the DFP graphs and uh, they look like a checkerboard of different colors, you know, where we would have seen in, um, let's say, the second half of 2021, it was like green all over the place. We've got greens, yellows, reds um, all over the board. And, you know, look, there there are ongoing challenges. Um, including, you know, regulatory and antitrust issues uh, in in North America uh, as well, which remain top of mind concerns. Um, deals in AI, defense, infrastructure will continue to be as closely. And as we were saying earlier, inflationary concerns are going to make both buyers and sellers operate and engage in M and A more judiciously. Um, you know, recent banking failures and the high cost of capital are going to put some tech startups in a position to be acquired. That's new news. That could be a boon for PE firms, many of whom can often execute quicker than their strategic counterparts. And this could also create new M&A activity for bank assets that will need to be, you know, redeployed elsewhere as certain um, banks are absorbed by by others, um, and we see additional activity, you know, spin out as a result. Now, however, you know, given all of this, as I said previously, there's still palpable optimism in the deal making market. Um, deal makers are increasingly comfortable in the current environment, um, and there should be fewer surprises uh, in the banking sector. And if there should be no more surprises, you know, we expect this optimism to, to continue. You know, we, we have savvy acquirers, uh, many who are flush with cash and have strong balance sheets that are waiting on the sidelines. And, you know, while deals are, are moving forward slowly, but surely, you know, um, we see, you know, these, these valuations that are coming down to earth and some stabilization and, and the cost of capital, and, uh, you know, uh, fewer, uh, hopefully no, f- no more surprises in the banking sector. We, we expect, you know, um, uh, higher volumes of deal activity to you know, continue to grow in, in the second half. Great, Ken. Thanks very much. That was Ken Bisconti, co-head of SS&C Intralinks. Thanks for listening to this week's special episode of DealCast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us next week for another episode. <laughs>